Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher, addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Hello and welcome to this second episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. I am your host. My name is Chris Busher. I want to welcome you today. Today we are going to be talking about a, a topic that's pretty important to me. Uh, something that the Lord Himself gave me many years ago, um, something that was birthed inside of me, and it's kind of what I call hashtag faith. So the the title for this podcast is called Hashtag Faith, A Powerful Gospel in the Hands of a Distracted Generation. Now before we actually begin to get into it and start talking more about it and why and, why and what exactly I believe is hashtag faith, I want to kind of do a recap of last week's uh, podcast episode. So last week we were talking about the insufficiency of Jesus Christ and what happens when Jesus isn't enough. And like I said before, um, I believe uh, the exact opposite of that podcast episode title. And I chose that for a reason. And I talked about it. If you haven't actually had the opportunity um, to to listen to that podcast episode, go ahead and go back. It's the very first podcast episode. It is what kind of uh, explains my heart for this and uh, what we're going to be trying to accomplish through this. But the general idea is this, that I believe that when people um, feel like the gospel isn't enough or if they kind of have a a different idea of the gospel. It's when we try to add things to it because we believe that it is insufficient um, to cover all of our needs. And I personally believe beyond any shadow of a doubt whatsoever that the gospel of Jesus Christ is sufficient. There is nothing like the gospel. The gospel is perfect. It is complete. It is in its entirety. The gospel in itself, in the purest form, is the only thing that was able to change my life, to change my life uh, from what it used to be until it is uh, what it is now, and I'm still progressing. I don't believe that I will ever be perfect on this side of eternity, and I don't believe that's what the Bible teaches. I believe that on the next side of eternity, that is when we will uh, reach our perfection, when when we are made new again. Um, But yes, so the the episode that we're talking about today kind of really ties into that. Um, we're calling it Hashtag Faith, a powerful gospel, which which I believe it is a powerful gospel, in the hands of a distracted generation. So before we dive into this today, let me go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Um, you can join me right from wherever you are. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you for your love and for your mercy and for your generosity. I thank you for every single gift that you have given myself, the listeners here, the members of our churches, Father, all of the believers around the world. Father, you have gifted us with something unique, 
something special, something different for each and every person. But your love for us, Father, your love is, is so so vast and so enormous we couldn't even begin to imagine to explain it. Father, I ask that you just remind us right here, right now, of your love. Father, your love for me personally, your love for, for each and every one of the people listening to this, Father, remind us of how much you love us. Father, minister to us right now, Father. We're asking this in the name above all names, the name of Jesus Christ. So in order to truly understand my passion behind all of this, to understand where I get this title from, hashtag faith, I think it's important that I disclose, first of all, why I believe in Jesus, how I came to know Jesus, and maybe it will help you understand why I'm so passionate about keeping the gospel the way that it is in its purest form. Um, I, If you've never you know, read any of my books or watched any of my YouTube videos or anything like that, let me go ahead and just throw this out in a nutshell for you. I was not always a believer in Jesus. I never wanted to be a pastor, never wanted to be a missionary, never even wanted to be a Christian. Um, I grew up as a, as a Roman Catholic, uh, a good little Catholic boy going to um, Catholic school all the way through, uh, you know, preschool, all the way until, you know, high school years. My family would take me to church, uh, Catholic Mass, uh, at least once a week. Um, there were different times that my father, he would go through these different stages of, you know, being very dedicated to the church, very, very religious. He would take me uh, at seven o'clock mass. I remember several times going to a seven o'clock mass throughout the week or going to these special different Bible studies or rosary clubs and um, all of these different things that would happen off and on throughout my childhood. But just always hearing about this God and for me, that was reality. Um, the reality was that Jesus was real. Reality was that uh, inside of the church was um, a true fellowship. I mean, it was something special. I mean, as a child looking in, that's what I felt. I mean, on the outside, I'm sure it's very superficial. Um, but on the inside, there was something about that building, that place, all of the people that um, we we really came together um, and celebrated what we called Mass. Um, and the priest was something very distant, uh, far away, something something unique and special. And I just, I, I couldn't, you know, connect there. And the message of, of God, he always seemed mysterious, I guess would be the, the best way to, to explain it. Um, mysterious and even, and even far away, something that I couldn't really reach to or touch or experience. Uh, Nothing like that. I could learn about him. That was very encouraged, was learning about him, um, praying to him. Um, but when my idea of, of praying to him was, was speaking, you know, at him. Um, and that was kind of, you know, the message. And I'm sure, don't if you are a Catholic, a practicing Catholic, or a member of a Catholic church, anything like that, understand my heart here. This is... This is probably not what the Catholic Church teaches today, okay? And this is probably not even what they taught when I was there. But as a child, as a, as a young young boy growing up into this, this is my thoughts when I was in it. I'm trying to kind of give you that perspective from, you know, the inside out. 
And so growing up, that was what it was like. I mean, I was an altar boy. I went through as many of the sacraments as I possibly could. I mean, I did everything I could to try to reach this God because that's what I felt like I was expected to do. Um, And, you know, confession and, and all of that. Anyway, there came a point when all of it really came crashing down for me. Um, on on the outside, I could look like everything was fine, um, and you know. But my faith and the faith of my family really was tested. Um, just you know, starting starting out um, from a young age, going through different different abuse, um, not from my family, but from an outside person uh, who was trusted with me. Just feeling that abandonment, and then hearing the message for many years: "There's something wrong with Chris." Um, you know, whenever I would, uh, get in trouble at school, um, when it came to, you know, a behavior issue or studying issue or learning issue or anything like that, that was always kind of the message I was given this, you know, get out of jail free card. You have to excuse Chris. He, he was abused or, you know, there's something wrong with Chris or, you know, that was kind of like the stigma that was on me, but we, everyone tried to keep it really hush hush. Um, and I, and I kind of grew up with that and, you know, going through different, uh, counselors and therapists and all of this and, and experimenting with all of their medications that they were giving me from the start of a very young age, year after year of this, trying to, you know, be fixed or be cured of, of this problem inside of me. Um, you know, this anger, this abandonment, this sadness, and, and all the time knowing that my family loved me and they just were doing everything that they could to get me help. And it never really struck to me that the, they were looking everywhere. I mean, we would drive hours to go to like the next new uh, psychiatrist that was supposed to be great or anything like that, just spending countless money, just all of these things. But the one place we never went to was to God himself. And it didn't really click at first for me um, until, you know, all of this started happening after many years of it. You know, and by the age of, you know, 12, 13 years old, I started experimenting with, with drugs and alcohol. And, you know, one thing led to another. Um, and I'm, and I, you know, regretfully tell you, I spent many years living that lifestyle as a drug addict. It, it started out slow. Um, and then it increased and increased and increased. And, you know, eventually before, before I knew it, I was spun out of control. Um, not, not going to church. I mean, I, I remember the, my last opportunity with, you know, the church, uh, was my confirmation day. And, um, you know, as a Catholic, you get to choose, you know, a new confirmation name and it kind of symbolizes, you know, you're taking on a saint's name and all this stuff. And, I chose, you know, it's so stupid. I chose Marshall. I had no idea who St. Marshall was or anything like that. You know, the reason I chose Marshall was because, you know, I was an idiot. (laughs) I was a young kid who liked Eminem and Eminem's name was Marshall Mathers. And that'll just kind of show you where my heart was. You know, we're talking early 2000s. it's like 2002 or 2003, something like that. I, I can't quite remember. But on the night of my confirmation, before I even went to the church, I mean, I, I went out and I smoked pot. You know, that's that's where I was. It, I wasn't serious. It was me basically saying goodbye to the church and hello to my new life. And it got me in places that I wish that I never would have had to experience. Um, 
different jails, different uh, detention centers as a juvenile, um, many different rehab centers, and you know it progressed from it progressed from you know pot all the way to to meth and just just losing control. and And I don't want to talk about this too much because that's not really the point of this. If if you're interested in the whole story, I did. Uh, write a book about it called My Confession, Finding Myself at the Feet of Jesus. Um, and I talk about it on, on YouTube and different different times that I'm at different churches. But the point of this podcast is to try to help you understand the place that I was, just this lost brokenness beyond any help. Uh, all of these labels from doctors saying, you know, being uh, bi- bipolar, uh, paranoid, schizophrenia, all of these titles, and the worst one of all, being a drug addict. <laughs> and I found myself in a suicidal place. I tried to take my life from a drug overdose, and that is when I had the true encounter with Jesus Christ. Having that very first encounter with Jesus Christ was something so special. Um, something that I'll never forget. And let me, before you, you know, turn this podcast off and say this guy is a weirdo and anything like that, let me go ahead and clarify some things. I did not see God during a drug overdose. I didn't, you know, see angels or anything like that. The only thing that I felt and I knew is that I was dying beyond a shadow of a doubt, and the doctors knew it as well. And inside of a comatose state, I felt the Holy Spirit's presence for the first time. And I heard the Holy Spirit speak very clearly to my heart, my very inner being, that anyone who calls on Jesus' name will be saved. And I didn't say a magical prayer. I didn't, you know, do anything like that. Well, the only thing I did was I I said, Jesus, save me. And that's it. And instantly I I saw a light and I was just filled with, with a peace. And, you know, in this light, I didn't see shapes or anything like that. It's just, I was just basked in this. I was just comforted by this, just this peace. And and the thing I want you to really get from listening to this is that peace that I felt for the first time in my life, this love that I truly found for the first time in my life, I found it in the God that I wasn't searching for. I found it in the God that I hated for all of my life. I mean, that is the type of God that I found. The true creator God who didn't want anything from me. When the rest of the world pushed me aside and said, you're dirty, you're a drug addict, you're a criminal, Jesus, in his mercy, he was drawing me to him. He, he was searching for me. He was seeking me. And he found me in the lowest of lowest states. And he didn't say, hey, go get yourself clean first and then come to me. No, he said, I love you the way you are. You are my child. You you were lost. And, and you know, he, he didn't speak these words to me when I was in coma. Don't think I'm one of these crazy people, okay? These are things that I, I learned. I experienced with him and learned from his words. That's what he was doing. Um, he accepted me. He accepted me. And people, they ask me all the time, you know, hey, Chris, you know, when you were in your coma, is that when you accepted Jesus? Or when did you accept Jesus? You know, like we're supposed to accept him or something. Uh, Jesus, I never accepted Jesus. Jesus accepted me. I really want you to, to understand this, how how important it is. Uh, it wasn't so important to me and still is so important to me that Jesus Christ accepted and loved me. He didn't make make me change or anything like that. He accepted 
and loved me. And I'm going to say that again one more time just for you people listening right here, right now. Jesus accepted and loved me. That is the beauty of the gospel message. And yes, after after that first encounter and beginning to learn his word and, and growing with him, yes, I learned that I needed to have a different lifestyle, that I needed to, to progress in all these different things, and that, that God's desire was, was for me to grow in a relationship with him. And with that growth and relationship came changes. I, I quit dressing the way that I used to dress. I, I used to used to be one of those guys that would wear South Pole and Jinko and all these other things and think that I was a gangster. But, you know, I was a little white kid from a small town, Iowa. So, you know, I was a pretty lost individual. Uh, and I, I, quit, I quit swearing. I quit talking the way that I used to talk. And then I started working on my anger and little, little changes, you know, and it wasn't someone telling me, hey, you have to do this. It was, I had a desire inside of me to change. And so um, I went to a ministry school, a discipleship school, and I, I did everything I could because I had a real hunger, a hunger to learn the gospel, or a hunger to learn more about this God that saved me and accepted me. And I want to talk to you when we get back from this break about that hunger and what happened to that hunger. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Tired of no one seeing your Instagram posts? Have a product or service that's not getting the online attention it deserves? Ready to level up? At Busher's Social Media Marketing, we have just what you or your business have been looking for. Our team of dedicated professionals are ready to help you grow and engage your audience. No spam, no bots. Just good old-fashioned quality social media marketing. Visit BushersSMM.com today. Ready to jumpstart your career? Want an adventure of a lifetime? Uncle Sam's International is looking for language teachers who are highly motivated and have what it takes to grow and expand their thriving ESL school in Brazil. We need teachers for English, Spanish, Italian, and more. Visit Uncle Sam's International on Facebook today. Welcome back to Faith and Family Fellowship. My name is Chris Busher, and we are talking about hashtag faith, a powerful gospel in the hands of a distracted generation. Um, in the first part of this podcast, I was telling you a little bit about my testimony, a little bit about how I was and where I was when when my creator found me and began the changes inside of me. I want to kind of move forward now, and I want to talk to you about the, some of the steps that I took after that. And we'll get into this in more detail in future podcasts, but just to kind of talk about this hashtag faith that I experienced. Um, when I was a new believer learning, I had such a passion, such a fire, such a hunger to, to really know more about him who saved me, him who called me, and just all of it. I had I can't I can't even begin to put into words the type of passion and hunger that I had. And with with that passion, with with that hunger, I got exposed to a lot of different teachers, a lot of different denominational lines that were being crossed. I, I went to uh, uh, an Assemblies of God uh, a ministry training school for, for people coming out of addictions, um, and, and they, you know, discipled me. They taught me 
uh, great truths. And, you know, I didn't accept everything. And I still, you know, haven't fully accepted all of, all of the things, you know. Uh, I got to have a little little bit of grace here. I came from uh, being a Catholic and then being exposed to that. So it was a big, big extreme for me. And then I went from there to um, a mission school. Uh, it's called uh, Youth with a Mission. Um which w- which was great, and I spent a year there working with them as well. And then, then I uh, then I made a I don't really want to say a mistake, but man, it really felt like a mistake at the time. And now looking back, I can see how God was orchestrating all of my steps to to do this correctly and to be exposed to all of these things. And I got exposed to some uh, charismatic Christians, I guess would be the the easiest way to say it. And, uh, to say something good about this Bible school that I went to um, right uh, towards the end of, of my educational years, um, it was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I, you know I don't need to say the name. Anyone who knows um, anything about charismatic Christianity, I'm sure you know which school I'm talking about. If not, you know, um, get on my Facebook and you'll probably, uh, af- after digging a while, you'll be able to find out, but... I was exposed to some Christians that would have what I would call uh, hashtag faith. Um, and uh, so let's let's get into it. Um, the very first day, I'm so excited to be there. I'm so ready. I'm like, yes, I'm finally at, at a Bible college. I'm going to be learning. I'm going to learn the history behind all these things. I'm going to learn the different insights. I'm, go- I'm going to finally get some knowledge behind all this so I can win souls for Jesus and, and help people. And that was my my, my passion and, and my hunger. Um, but with it, you know, the very first day, I, I was very, I'm a very timid person. I, I'm not very relationable with, with many people. And so I, I keep quiet and I, and I listened and I would listen to people's different conversations and, you know, they would be talking with each other, you know, about what they're going to do and where they came from, um, that their, their father was a pastor or, or something like that. And I listened to probably a good 10, 10, 20 conversations throughout the whole morning, uh, you know, cause it's kind of get to know you type of thing. And, some of them would say, oh, I want to be a pastor just like my dad and, and take over his church um, of, you know, 2,000 people, or I want to I want to do this, I want to do that, or I want to be an author of all of these books, or I want to... Uh, I, I want to, um, you know, have a have a very large church, or I want to be the next televangelist. And I even met this one guy, man, and this he he annoyed me so much. He he would refer to himself as the deal closer, and he would walk around all day long in his you know suits and everything, and he would, you know try to brag about how many souls he's won for Jesus and all of the people he's led to Jesus. And the whole entire time, I don't know if it was just oblivious to him or what, but it was just a big show of pride. I mean, who goes around calling themselves the deal closer? Um, but yeah, so, I mean, this was, this was my first experience with this and, you know, it kind of, it just got worse from there. I mean, the teacher would look around and said, Hey, look around this room. And, you know, these men and these women in here, these are going to be the future leaders of Christianity. They're going to do this, 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 and this. And they're going to be your partners in ministry. And you're going to be with them for the next couple of years in the school. And I just, I wanted to vomit. I was just, I was so overwhelmed with emotions. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I just, you know, inside, I just was praying, Lord, did I make a mistake? God, is is this who I'm going to be? You know, it's almost like, God, am, am I not even supposed to be here? Um, and, 
you know, I, I wanted to leave the very first day and I didn't. I, I'm like, you know, maybe I'm just being too judgmental. Maybe I'm just, you know, too nervous and all of this. And I stuck it out, you know, for that, that first year. And I would just, I would get in these constant struggles with, you know, why, why are they teaching things a certain way? And, you know, when they would try to prove a point, you know, I was always taught, you know, as that new believer going through that awesome Christian discipleship school that I went through and, and then that mission school, I was always taught if you want evidence, if you want to know something true, you look in the Bible. That was, that was my foundational belief. And that's how I based everything off of it. But at this school, it was almost like an underlining, you know, teaching that it was something different. If you wanted to, um, if you wanted to prove a point or know something, you would read that founder's book. And he had many of these different books. And, and whenever I would, you know, have a, have a debate with a student there, um, if they were asking me a question or if I was asking a question and because I tried to, you know, make some friends, they would always say, well, you know, the founder says it, and they wouldn't say the founder, they would say the person's name, but I don't want to bash the person. <laughs> so they would say, well, he says this in his book, blah, blah, blah. And I would say, no, I, I don't care about that. What I care about is show me in the Bible, show me in the scripture, where does it say this? You can't base your life off of the words of some man. You have to base it on the word of God itself. You know, the, the, the books that we have chosen um, that said that this is scriptural, that it is God breathed and that, and that was my foundation and so I had this this stirring inside of me and eventually I'll tell you what I I broke free from all this after I finished my second semester I I felt a release from God saying okay it's time it's time you can go now you've you've gone through these different schools before you don't have to continue on with this school because you don't want to be ordained through this school and so I felt a peace to, to leave after finishing my first year, and I started uh, ministry with me and two other people. Um, his, their names are Jason Kolash and Thomas Jennings, and both of them had completely different personalities, completely different mindsets than me, and we kind of made this little this little pack together that we were going to change the world. Um, you know, and, and we didn't change the world, but, you know, uh, we were able to accomplish a lot of things. Um, and God was able to touch many, many people because we ha we developed and, and learned what we would call real faith versus hashtag faith. And, um, you know, we had zero money. <laughs> I sold everything that I had, which wasn't a lot, let me tell you. Uh, I did have, a, you know, a used Cadillac car and a few different electronic pieces, you know, and stuff like that. But, you know, by the time I was able to pay all the fees to get all the ministry going and a couple different plane tickets, yeah, I was basically a homeless guy. But, you know, we, we came together, the, the two guys and I, and we spent a few years uh, backpacking around the world. We took the gospel to Brazil, to Colombia, to Peru, to Pakistan, uh, all just based upon that little faith. And it was in moments like that, that I was able to really experience uh, a true desperate need to rely on God. And let me go ahead and, and just say this on the, here on the second podcast. I'll get into it in, in the future, but I found myself at a battle every single time that I would almost minister. Um, and the battle was this. When a church or organization would create an event in one of these countries, they would want me to preach a particular message, and they would want me to do things a particular way. And, 
you know, I had this battle to try to conform to that, and I didn't want to. In fact, many of the first events that I did, they wanted me to do uh, revival meetings, healing meetings, and and all of these things. And let me let me just say this: I believe in those miracles. I believe I was a man that was healed myself. I was a man that was that was filled with the presence of God. I mean, I believe in these things, but this formula that they were trying to push. Um, there was something deep inside of me that said, man, I can't be a part of this. And I was constantly at war, constantly at, at feeling this pressure from all angles and doing my best not to conform. Um, and, you know, as a as a young man, I, I believe I was, you know, almost, you know, 23, 24 years old at the time. And I was being put in front of, you know, thousands of people, um, you know, in, in different countries and, and meeting pastors and getting wonderful opportunities you know i was already having my own internal struggles with trying to deal with you know pride and and being raised up too fast and and making making mistakes out of you know my ignorance um nothing nothing horrible horrible mistakes but for me they were um you know choosing to partner with the wrong person choosing to minister um with with the wrong church or or stand next to somebody and without even realizing you're you're basically saying that you approve of that person type of deal even though they might have been preaching a message that was so crazy and you you just didn't know it because it's in a different language <laughs> you know all of these things that a seasoned minister would would know i didn't know i looking back at it i feel like i was thrown to the wolves um and you know i threw myself to the wolves i guess but coming out of it i i survived and i learned something and even through it god did something and you know i'll I'll talk about pakistan in in future episodes but i want to first talk about kenya because that is where i feel like i really had my breakthrough it was already after you know accomplishing more than any of us ever thought was possible um you know have being legitimized as a ministry and as a as as a minister learning things and you know but at the same time i was having that internal struggle but it was in kenya that i really broke free um i landed and immediately the pastor tried doing the same thing that all of the other ones did before and something inside of me just was just like that's it no i'm not gonna do it um from from the get-go and this this was the very first trip that i i took that i was responsible for another person um one of the one of the co-founders of the ministry this was his first trip with me and i was responsible for him and we had very little money and we walked away from the pastor we made a decision we're like we we will not we will not follow this way we will not do ministry the way that this man wants us to we will walk away from this and we we found ourselves uh homeless again in kenya with probably less than a hundred dollars to our names and the worst part was our plane ticket we still had another month and a half almost two months before we could even get on a plane and come back to the united states so god had to do something our plan was to get to uh mombasa we were going to go there to minister to the Muslim population there. Um, there was something that we, we felt in our heart from the very beginning, and that's why we went to Kenya to begin with the first place. And we weren't going to let um, just our contacts there uh, stop us. And so we bought our plane, our bus passes, which if you've ever been on a bus in Kenya, um, good luck to you, God bless you, it's not fun. And on that bus 
there was a man from behind us who handed us a cell phone and I didn't know who it was. Um, it was a man named Thomas on the other end. Um, and Thomas, uh, was, was, a, was an African man who lived in Mombasa. He was originally from Nairobi and in his broken English, he explained, I know who you people are. I've been praying for you guys. I know what that pastor did to you in Eldoret. I know that you guys are, are men of God that, that, that have been sent to us. And all, the only thing we want from you is we want to study the Bible with you. And I'm like, that, that's great, brother. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. But I don't have any money. I don't have a place to stay. And, you know, honestly, I, I, I don't know what to do right now. He's like, brother, please just stay on the bus. Come. I will meet you at the bus station. You don't have to pay for anything. We don't want anything from you. Just help us learn the scriptures. And breaking through from that battle with that hashtag faith, you know, I finally found a man that was simple in his faith that the only thing he wanted was to learn the scriptures. And so we spent the rest of our time with him um, for the next month at least um, in, in Mombasa, sleeping on a floor, you know, cause he had dirt floors. He was, he, he didn't have much, um, you know, and we, we would eat bread and, you know, very, very simple food. I mean, I lost a lot of weight during that time. Um, and all we would do is all day long, we would study the Bible together. Uh, we would go meet with, uh, some of his family members, some of his friends, and we helped him build a little church. Um, and he had this, this great idea to, to build, to build a church on, on this Muslim land that he was renting. And we didn't have, you know, supplies or anything like that. So, you know, we helped by tying, uh, bags of garbage together to, uh, block the shade and the rain. And we made walls out of, you know, the mud house type of deal and helped him really organize that congregation and get the congregation together. And the point that I really want to make uh, with even talking about this story is the miracle that God performed because of the simple faith. Um, yes, our faith in different times w would be considered large and radical or whatever word you want to try to use with it, but it, get the simplicity of the faith. We used the little resources we had. We used the little talents that we had. And we just tried to do the practical by following the steps of, of simple faith, not not fake faith, not trying to, you know, muster things up or make things happen or say catchy cliches or anything like that. We just wanted to, to follow the faith of Jesus. And so with that, with, with helping to develop that first church, um, which we called Healing Word Church, um, kind of ironic, right? Uh, but it comes from Psalms where it says that he sent his word and his word healed them. Um, you know, and it, it just, it's beautiful. Um, but we took that church there and uh, gave Thomas this, this faith that we fan this faith inside of him. And he took it and he built many more churches and a couple orphanages and just really grew in Kenya. And I couldn't be more proud of that man. And the, the, the best part is that if you know anything about Africa and especially Kenya, this hashtag faith that we're talking about, it's, it's very popular there where, you know, TBN and, and all of this, um, 
um, all of these, you know, Christian uh, famous health and wealth preachers have gone and just, you know, just destroyed Christianity in these countries because if, if you think it might be off balanced at all here in the United States, it is just ridiculous there. Some of the teachings, uh, some, just the the wild and, and craziness of it. And and Thomas had to had to constantly battle this, you know, do I do I look like them? Do I talk like them? Do I do I preach like them or do I stick to the simple simple gospel, the real gospel, the not given into what we call hashtag faith. Some of the other pastors in the area um, would would mix some of uh, you know their the ancient like voodoo stuff and and stuff with with Christianity and um, one one pastor in particular that we had to um, confront. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't looking to confront people, okay, but we had to because um, it came to us. Um, this man uh, had a a woman in his congregation that couldn't get pregnant and uh by her husband and so they went to the pastor and the pastor said um come come stay the night in my tent and i will lay with you and god will bless this marriage and then you will get pregnant i mean that was some of the stuff that they were teaching and and i'm not saying that all all of these congregations were teaching things that radical this was an extremity okay but this will give you some of the ideas some some people would say if you dance with a snake you'll be financially blessed or all of these things i mean just Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff that you wouldn't even think of just because they didn't have this foundation that Jesus is enough. They wanted to try to look like every other pastor. They wanted to have the newest revelation. They wanted to have the the catchiest uh, phrases and, and the nicest clothes and, and all of this. And, and I just... I'm 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 going to close out this podcast with with just explaining this that I am at war with hashtag faith. Um, I'm I'm at war with this. I I hate this idea. I feel just like the subtitle says a powerful gospel in the hands of a distracted generation. Now I've been to to all these different countries and I'm still going. I'm still going strong. Still still learning and all of this stuff. And it doesn't really matter what country I go to or what group of people I'm speaking to, I find this similarity. I find that this idea that I call hashtag faith has, has crept in the back door and is being, you know, almost, you know, paraded on, on the altars and, and, and everything that we do. It's it's this this fake um, faith that we see. This It's superficial. It's almost to the point where that all of this this symbolism and this hashtag faith that just being paraded out there it's almost to the point that this real faith the the real genuine christianity that i hear so many young people crying out for it's almost being drawn out and drowned out by by this hashtag faith so let me let me close with this let me let me close with with this idea for you that if you are a young person who looks at some of the teachings and some of the music and some of the the actions that we're, we're seeing today and, and hearing that is Christianity. If you're one of those people that there's something inside of you that doesn't exactly sit right with that, let me tell you, you're not alone. I have met so many around the world that, that share that same faith that you and I do in Jesus, that, that simple 
real genuine faith that says hey i don't i don't have to have the the latest bible or this latest software or the latest christian merchandise to to be a true believer or i don't need to do this or that to be a true believer that that your faith in jesus is is simple and it's pure and it is so special to you i do believe that there will come a time when this hashtag faith will will be pulled away and that the true gospel in its purest form, will be preached. Because remember, a promise of Jesus Christ is that the gospel will go forward. That every tribe, every tongue, every nation, everyone under the sun will hear the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And in these in these future episodes, I, I listed out the first ten, and I'm working on recording them as fast as I can for you. I'm going to be talking about the elementary teachings of Christianity. Now, this actual podcast here that... I'm recording, it has taken a different turn than my original intent, and that's fine because it's the Holy Spirit leading this conversation, and I'm so grateful for it. I'm so grateful to be able to put this out there in a way that maybe will will capture your attention and spark your interest uh, for future teachings that we're going to be doing. But let me let me encourage you with this. Let me leave you with this. Jesus Christ is more real than anyone could possibly begin to explain to you. And the reason that I've been so against this hashtag faith idea and this superficial idea is because I got to experience him in a real form, in in power, in might, and in love, and in mercy, and gotten to experience him throughout my my 12 years of following him. Oh, wow, it's, it's been 12 years now. It's It has been an, a journey and, and I'm not a perfect man. I, I make mistakes all the time. I don't say everything correctly. But I have a passion for Jesus. I have a passion to learn more about him. And I have a passion to seeing other people come into a relationship with him. If you are out there today and you haven't experienced Jesus in that way, I encourage you. He is real. And if you look hard enough, you will find him. Don't stop. Don't quit. Keep pursuing Jesus. Don't don't give in to, to accepting just this hashtag faith and embracing that. Embrace the real teachings of Jesus Christ. Look through the scriptures. Find it for yourself. There are so many great pastors out there who are posting content. There are so many different uh, great churches out there that are um, teaching these wonderful messages and, and teaching people how to come into a true relationship with Jesus. If you don't know what a good message is or, or, or a good pastor, I would encourage you to just think about this for a second. Any, any message that they are teaching, if, they're, if the main focus of that message is not Jesus Christ and the gospel itself, then I would say it's off-balanced. Um, in, in all of these different podcasts that we'll do and, and the different messages that I preach, that is the focus. Jesus Christ. I, I'm not the focus. My name is nothing special. I am nothing special. Jesus Christ is. And he has a plan for you. He has a plan for every little person in this world. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I encourage you um, if connect with us on social media and stay tuned for future podcast episodes. If you are listening to this on, on iTunes or wherever, um, if you could leave a review, that helps. We're a very new podcast here. We're starting out, and each review and each subscriber that we get really helps. Thank you, and have a wonderful day. 
You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. With your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.